and welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. Today, Pastor Eric Clausen guides us through Psalm 18. Hello. Welcome back uh, to our Psalm devotion. We are on Psalm 18. I'm Pastor Eric, and uh, we hope that you continue to be blessed by this. Um, we love sharing the word with you guys in this way. Uh, please, if you ever have questions or if you have comments, please don't hesitate uh, to send us a message or comment uh, on the Facebook uh, page or on the website. Uh, we always love to hear from you. All right, so Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is a big one. Um, last time I had Psalm 15. That's a really short one, uh, but this one's pretty hefty, and it's pretty significant, and it's pretty important, and we're going to see exactly why. Um, but before we get right into it, let's say a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for all that you give us. Lord, we pray that you would bless us as we uh, look at this word. We pray that you would form us. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So Psalm 18 is a little bit unique because Psalm 18 actually appears twice in the Bible. It does not just appear as Psalm 18. It also appears as the 22nd chapter of 2 Samuel. Um, which means this psalm is pretty important. Now, the end of 2 Samuel is kind of like an epilogue to the story of David, um, and this epilogue is included. So, Psalm 18 is incredibly important either to David, perhaps David himself wanted it to be one of his official psalms and uh, be put in his history, or somebody else um, saw it, um, one of the writers of 2 Samuel, saw it as this is the most descriptive, or maybe this is a way that can... Uh, encapsulate, um, or that can summarize David's whole reign. So the psalm is very interesting. Take it as a summary of David's life, or uh, I don't know, maybe David's theme, David's theme psalm. So let's get into it. Psalm 18. To the choir master, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord rescued him from the hand of all his enemies, and from the hand of Saul. He said, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my rock, my God, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of shale entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked, because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils, and devouring fire from his mouth, glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightning and routed them. And the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. 
He sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me on the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me and his statutes I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him. I kept myself from guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful you show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you show yourself blameless. With the purified you show yourselves pure. With the crooked you make yourself seem torturous. For you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp, the Lord my God lightens my darkness. For you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. For who is, the Lord, who is God but the Lord? Who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer, and he set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war, so my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made enemies turn their backs to me, and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the peoples. You made me ahead of the nations. The people whom I did not know served me. As soon as they heard me, they obeyed. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling to our fortresses. The Lord lives, and the blessed be the rock, the exalted to God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who delivered me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You rescued me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. All right, so that's a pretty long psalm. Um, and that's nothing compared to Psalm 119 when we get there. But there is a lot here, so I'm just going to cover a little bit. So remember, this is the story of David, and this is kind of a summary of his whole life. And maybe as you were reading, you noticed a couple things and you said, wait a minute, I don't know if that sounds quite right, or that sounds a little bit weird. So we're going to get into a couple of those. Uh, first off, I want to note, did you notice it says, he rode on a cherub and flew? Was anyone picturing like, you know, one of those little cute little babies with wings on their back and diapers? That's not what a cherub is. Uh, an Old Testament cherub is terrifying. Um, you can check out a couple different places. Uh, if you just Google cherub in the Old Testament, you can find a couple descriptions of them. Um, 
Yeah, they're pretty terrifying. Don't mess with a cherub. They're not cute babies. Uh, a cherub of the Old Testament you won't see on any greeting cards. But David is trying to show the power and the majesty of God. Um, and God is, well, he is good and gracious. Uh, as C.S. Lewis says, he's not a tame God. He's not a tame lion. He is dangerous and powerful as well. So you'll notice David kind of goes back and forth with almost this pride and boastfulness and this humility. Um, and we know uh, pride is bad and humility is good. And David even says this same thing. But you have to make sure we understand when David seems prideful, what is he actually being proud about? So first off, we'll see David admits he is not strong enough. Um, he was not strong enough to face the enemies in his life. And he says this exact thing in verse 17. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty than for me. So David is acknowledging, I couldn't do this by myself. I can't win these victories by myself. It was God who did it. I can't do it. God did it. And this is pretty important for us to always remember. Um, we can't face the challenges that we face by ourselves. Uh, and it's, well, it's stupid to try. Um, God faces them for us, and we put our trust in him because we know that nothing is stronger than he is. All right, then we get to a part after that, and it, it sounds a little bit weird to our ears, especially if you're a good Lutheran who regularly comes to church and said, I, I am a poor, miserable sinner um, who acknowledges their sin regularly, who knows that, hey, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These next couple verses... Uh, verses 20 through 24 sound a little bit weird. It sounds almost like David is bragging. Lord, deal with me according to my righteousness. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanliness or the cleanness of my hands in his sight. That doesn't sound quite right to us because we know, hey, our salvation does not depend on our own righteousness. It solely depends on Jesus Christ's righteousness for us. Uh, and also, if you know the story of David, you know that this is not totally true. Um, David did some pretty bad things. Uh, if you know the story of Bathsheba, it includes adultery and murder. And those problems would plague David and his dynasty for, well, forever. Um, so what is David exactly talking about here? And I think it's important we remember David here is not talking about a... Sometimes we say before God, we say this, uh, there's a fancy term, quorum Deo. So before God, our righteousness is absolutely nothing. But in this world, um, like the horizontal realm, um, our righteousness does matter in a different way. And David is saying, hey, for the sinful, messed up human that I am, I did my whole life. I did try to follow your word. I did take it seriously. Did I do it perfectly? No. But I did try. And you know what, God? You pay, repaid me for that. You rewarded me for that. And so David is encouraging us, saying, hey, try to do the right thing. Try to follow God's law. And it will go well with you. Um, one thing that I always try to uh, remind people is, hey, God's way is always the best way. Is it hard often? Yeah, sometimes it's really, really hard. But actually, in the long run, it's the easiest way. Um, because it's the best way. It always is. So David is acknowledging, yeah, doing the right thing always was best for me. And the Lord always rewarded me for doing that. Maybe not right away. It wasn't easy right away. And you can see David running away from Saul for trying to do what was right. But in the end, it was always the best thing to do. 
And that's a reminder for us too. God's way, always the best way, no matter what. All right. So after this, David does, again, bring that theme of God wants humility from us. And this is what he says in verse 27. You save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. Humility and pride, it is this constant theme throughout the whole Bible. And what does God regularly say? Don't be prideful because you will be brought down. I will bring you down. Be humble and I'll lift you up. So whenever you start feeling prideful, stop it. You don't need to prove yourself. If you're a baptized child of God, you don't need to prove yourself to anyone. You can be humble. You can acknowledge your mistakes. You can joyfully go about your day knowing it doesn't all depend on you. It depends on Jesus Christ who already won the victory for you. So you get to be totally at peace. That's what this humility means. You don't have to worry about making yourself look good. God's already taken that, taken care of that. And you can be free and humble. It's it's just so much, so much of a better way to live. All right, there's another really problematic part in this psalm. Maybe you heard it and you said, wait, what? That doesn't sound right either. And that is verse 41. Let me read verse 41 again for you. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Well, that doesn't sound right either. I thought Jesus always heard all of our prayers. What does it mean? God does not hear them when they called out to him. Well, this is similar to one other section uh, in the New Testament where Jesus says, hey, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, uh, will I accept. I'll say, away from me. I never knew you. And that's pretty intense. What does Jesus mean? Does it mean that maybe we're not Christian when we really think we are? I don't think that's actually the right question we need to get at. But it is this idea of, well, faith actually means truly trusting and true humility. And there are people who claim to be believers who actually have no humility in their heart um, and actually do not submit, and they don't really trust God. Um, Basically, if you're ever wondering, um, you know, is this me? Do I not trust God? Um, Don't worry about it, Um, because, well, Clearly, this is something that concerns you. It's those who are focused on themselves who think, I don't have anything to, uh, I don't have anything to worry about with God. I've, I've done everything I need to do. I'm good. Lord, let me in. I'm ready to go. See how good I am. Uh, that's the people that says that Jesus says, No, I never knew you um, because you didn't actually submit to me. You didn't actually trust me. You trusted yourself. And it's the same thing with these enemies. These enemies who think, oh, well, it's just magic incantation. Oh, God, help me like you helped him. Uh, Come on. No, there's actually no trust. There's actually no humility. There's actually no submission. But we do know that Jesus did come for the whole world. And anyone who puts their trust in him, yes, God will save them. And there's many instances in the Old Testament of people who are not the people of Israel who do that very thing. And what does God do? He saves them. He provides for them. So you have Rahab, you have Ruth, you have Naaman, um, you have all these different people outside the, outside the people of Israel, but if they submit, if they trust in God, God saves them, always. All right, so there was a lot there. There's even more, but we're already over 15 minutes. So I want to thank you uh, very much. Uh, let's close in a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this psalm. Lord, To our modern ears, this psalm sounds strange, but we know it is God's word. We know it's your word. 
Lord, help us to find strength in it. Lord, help us to follow your word. Help us to trust that your word is best. Lord, help us to cling to you. Remind us that while our problems are too big for us, they're not too big for you. Lord, give us peace. Give us comfort. Help us to be like David, who trusted in you fully. Help us to be people after your own heart. We pray this all in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Peace. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Bray on all social media outlets and visit ChristBray.org.